This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. Dot .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Us. My name is Melanie Studley. I'm your host. What's up guys? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and today we have Monica Tanner from On the Brighter Side of Marriage. What's up Monica? Hello. <laughs> Good. Good. We're so excited to have you here today. And we're going to talk about healing family of origin wounds and how it relates, you know, obviously it's the holiday season and all of that jazz. But before we dive into that, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and who you are? Absolutely. I'd love to. So my name is Monica Tanner. Uh, my company is on the brighter side of marriage, and I have been working on that since I was 12 years old, but I have 20 years of experiencing of experience being married to a super hunk of a man, the man of my dreams. Um, and we have four children ranging from ages 18 down to 10. So we are very much in those crazy teenage years. Three of them are teenagers. So we have gotten very creative on how to uh, continue our intimate connection with lots of teenagers in the house all the time. So that is truly what I do. I love to talk about sex and intimacy. I help, I, I help couples really just um, uh, capitalize on the passion, intimacy, energy dynamic of of their relationship and really be able to um you know kind of just fulfill the full measure of of what it is to be married and have fun together and enjoy each other and explore all of the things uh intimate connection that there are so um that's what i love to do and um i i have a lot of personal experience so Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And I'm, you just got back from Cancun like two days ago, which is awesome. So yes, yeah, do I look tan? It's the lighting. It's not. It's not <laughs> helping my yes. But I did get a great time in Cancun with my husband, um, and it's one of the first trips we've had the opportunity to take since COVID, like on our own. It was oh, so nice. awesome and connecting. But yes, oh, that's so cool. Awesome. Well, I have to address this because it sounds so strange to me. You said you married a hunk of a man. 
but I thought I married Seth, not you. So something's <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, I got the jokes in the early part of the podcast. All right. Uh, like well, it. and we looking at your website, I discovered that you have uh, what was it called? Like a date night journal or something like that, which I thought was so cool. Like you tell me, I, I know this is not what I told you I was going to talk about, but I thought that was such a cool concept. So just give me a little blurb about that and what it is. Yeah. Well, so one of the main tenets of, of what I teach and what I help couples understand is that you should never, ever, ever stop dating your spouse, right? You always want to be able to tap into that energy that you had when you were dating, when everything was new and curious and, and, and you were curious about each other and everything was like most amazing thing that you've ever heard anyone say, right? And so I think what happens is when many of us get married, we kind of like say I do, and then we just stop trying. And we start thinking that we know everything there is in the world to know about this person, which if you really think about that, how possibly, even if you spend 24 hours a day together, which my husband and I did in Cancun, right? We were together all the time, right? Mm -hmm. But you're still experiencing everything completely differently, right? Because you're different people and you're never the same person as you were yesterday. We're always growing and changing. So it's fun to stay curious about each other. And I work with a lot of entrepreneurial couples specifically, and they get busy, right? And, and entrepreneurs, they, they, they're changing the world with their businesses and their passions and all of these things. Um, and they're really good at keeping calendars and to-do lists and solving problems and all these things. And so I like to, to create these bumpers for them. And one of the most important bumpers I think is weekly having a standing appointment with each other, but not to talk about finances or kids or any of the things that stress them out, but mm -hmm. merely to reconnect. And so that is mm -hmm. what date night is to me. It is, it is a non-negotiable uh, standing time on the calendar where couples can get together and really just uh, explore that emotional and physical and sexual intimacy. Um, and so we call that date night. And so the date night journal is the opportunity. It, it's just, it's 52 weeks of date night. So basically you just write down, like, what did you do for date night? Um, what did you learn about your significant other on this oh, date? And what that. do you never want to forget about, uh, about this date? Right. Oh, that's and so, so cute. And dates don't have to be like, I am always, uh, I feel like people are always giving me like, Oh, I don't want to have to plan a formal date night all the time. These don't, they don't have to be um, extravagant or uh, far from home or expensive mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's just dedicated time that you spend with your spouse. What are you learning about each other? And what do you never want to forget about that experience? Even if it's, you know, watching a movie on your porch or, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, again, right. elaborate mm -hmm. or expensive or extravagant or anything like that it just has to be intentional. And that's what that's the fun. date night journal is. Yeah. Like. I love it. I, I love that. And so in several ways, one, so I do journaling in the morning and my journaling has kind of switched over and it's moved from like, Hey, okay, what are we going to do today? Affirmations and all this stuff to just writing down a recollection of what I did the day before. Like, oh, I played with our daughter. We cooked scrambled eggs together that morning and like ate them at the thing. That's going to be an awesome memory that I can read 10, 20, whatever years from now kind of thing. So it's really just And we think that we're never going to forget those moments, but yeah. we right. do. Like, yeah, I always do. Right? Yeah. 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 And so like, I, I call the, the date night journal, uh, documenting your love story one date at a time, because Aww. we think that we're never going to forget these moments, but we will. Right. And so what is our posterity going to, when they read these and they see their mom and dad falling in love with each other again, yeah. every single week. Mm -hmm. oh, so uh, the other thing I wanted to say is, uh, most people 
that listen to our show, and I'm sure your show too, have some semblance of a growth mindset, right? So there's all kinds of sayings like, if I'm the same person I was a year ago, then I'm doing something wrong. Of course, like the core ethical, spiritual or whatever, those are going to stay the same, right? But it's always a dynamic process. So the continuous dating of your partner is literally getting to know them because, I mean, we read all the time. We listen to podcasts 24-7. Right. And like, oh, I could be, I have a different idea than I did last Friday from this Friday. Hey, this is what I was thinking about this week. And like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I read this book. And it was like existentially like, whoa. And I was like, I was like yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I was thinking of that ratatouille, you know, yeah. like with a flavor. the flavor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I really, I really like that. So it's, it's not just like, like a sappy date. It's like, hey, be curious about right. your spouse because they're probably changing in every single way. And again, if we have a growth mindset, we're changing anyway. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it really, it, it makes sense. It's like, this is the logical thing to right. do to date your spouse. I love it. And I'm going to make a hard left turn here. I'm going to go, we are going to talk about (laughs) healing family of origin wounds. But I think that uh, all of this sort of drawing awareness to it and like the growth mindset point that you brought up Mm -hmm. is an important factor in all of this. And again, as this relates to the holiday season, Thanksgiving and whatever the other one is called, where you get presents, Christmas, (laughs) literally could only think of the word (laughs) turkey for some reason. So Christmas and all of those things. I want to talk about what healing old family of origin wounds looks like, what it's looked like in your life, what it's looked like in Mm -hmm. our life, and basically just open up this conversation um, in any way that it takes form. Because I think these uh, people don't really sometimes even know that they can heal their old Mm -hmm. family of origin wounds because it seems so weird. Let's give it some context. Are you talking about family of origin wounds from like that I have experienced from my family or family of origin things that I've brought into our family that all has caused rifts. Loves. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good, oh, good. Yeah. Minor. but yeah, like mm-hmm. all of it and how these things impact our holidays. Like, is there any stories that you can think of or thoughts of, I know I'm like totally just lobbing this at you, but any thoughts I that can, come to mind? I can totally bridge it too, though, because oh, yeah. through our dating, like as we continue to get curious about our spouse and be vulnerable, like those are the types of questions and things that come up. And I think that like the most important thing that we can do in healing our, um, you know, our family of origin wounds are just is just addressing them is just like knowing that they're there and like understanding them in different ways. And so by being curious about our partner, so like, here's an example. So my husband and I just got back from Cancun, like you see my beautiful glowing tan. We already (laughs) talked about that. Right. And so one of the things that we did to, to relax and connect and be together was we walked on the beach, like every day, like in the morning, we walked on the beach, we took a long walk in the evening and it was so fun. And I got to ask him these questions, like things I was curious about. And we've been married for 20 years. We've been getting to know each other for longer than that. Right. And what was so crazy is I, I was just asking him questions. I was like, Hey, you know, there's like an aspect of dreaming together, but then there's an aspect of just getting to know each other still. And so I said, Hey, you've been super successful in health, wealth, and relationships, right? He's, he's super, we're 42. He's super in shape. Uh, you know, he's been very, very, very successful in business. And I feel like we have a rocking relationship. Right. And so I was like, just interviewing him. Like, what do you think is the secret to your success in health, wealth, and relationships? And he like, it was so fun. He just went into this. All three of those started way back. And like, I mean, I know his family of origin stuff, but 
the way that I asked that question prompted him in a way to speak about his upbringing, the things he experienced, like his, like his life in growing up in his family, not only like his positioning in his family, but like his experiences in his family, what his family had and how they grew all of these things. Right. And I'm like, here we are going into Thanksgiving where we're going to see his whole family, which is super duper fun. And I'm like, I gained all these brand new insights into how he became who he became through the things that he learned and lived in his family. And so I think just by always being curious about each other and just addressing like, you know, I am who I am today because of the experiences that I've had growing up and thinking of different ways to bring that out of your spouse and, and, and just really be curious and allow for a lot of vulnerability, right? He like went into like the whole history of his dating when he was talking about his success in relationships. And I was like, I have the opportunity. I'm like walking on the beach and I'm like, I could be like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I could start getting all like emotional about like all these women that he dated before me. Or I could be like, how can I really just see how these, how these relationships created the man, you know, molded the man that I had the have had the opportunity to spend the last 20, 22 years with of my life mm-hmm. with. Right. So it's just, I think it's just making it make giving each other opportunities to think back and reflect on the experiences we've had on our lives and how it's shaped who we are. And then once we know that there's so much we can do with that information. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I, that's so cool. That, that is really cool. And I want to ask you a question again, totally off the st- cuff, but this is just a conversation. So in, cause what I, as a family therapist, like I'm trained in family systems and all that stuff. Right. So I'm thinking, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's use family of origin as a conduit into knowing my spouse better. Right. Like the, the questions that you asked your husband on, you know, when you were like set and setting, you're like, okay, yeah, this is low stress. We're together. This is all intentional. Right. So that was genius. Like asking those questions in an appropriate time. It wasn't like, you know, 1045 at night on a Tuesday <laughs> night or something. Right. You know, it's like, Ugh, who wants to answer that? Um, but understanding where our partner came from and, uh, it, it takes a lot of self-awareness to like not be upset when our partners like talking about their past partners or girlfriends or boyfriends and stuff like that. But does that can that does that have the potential to make the other spouse feel special? Like, yeah, I, I was not, not like, Oh, I was with all these other ladies and I chose you. So you're, you're the special, not that, but getting a different insight into your partner and going, Oh man, like, he, he or she was successful in all these things and I ended up with them. They intentionally yeah. chose me right. as well as I intentionally chose them. So that in itself has the potential to be pretty powerful, I think. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, totally. It's like, it's like um, and I'm not saying that like a husband's wife is like a, a employee employer or anything like that. But if I'm like the CEO of a company or something, I'm, I'm like the CEO of our company. Get well, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, like, I, I have a whole pl- uh, talent pool I can choose from. And I chose like this person whose resume was like really right. shiny and great. And their personality is like, you fit the job. Welcome aboard. We're great to have you. Then that can be a sense of pride. Like I know Melanie is a super hard worker, super talented, popular in high school, had a lot of boyfriends and did all kinds of That's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't threaten me. I can instead turn that and go, oh, right. She chose me. And I will say it starts with you, though, in that context. Like, Mm -hmm. it is the spouse's job who is 
kind of like you were saying, like I could have, I had a moment there where I could have gotten jealous or sad yeah. or hurt. Yeah. It's right. how you showed up and the intention that you put behind mm-hmm. receiving that information. I think that's just, it's so yeah. cool. And I do want to like share a story. It's going to sound totally unrelated for like a second here, but it re- it relates really well to family of origin wounds and like, and sort of reframing it. Cause a lot of what you're talking about is even in the dating concept, the dating journal is like, how do we turn these things on their ear so that they don't become something we think we know or something we take for granted? Um, and it's just this like minor tweak that makes a really big difference in the long term. And recently, my now I hope my family's not listening. Good Lord. Mom, if you're <laughs> listening, I love you. Don't be any weird about this. But Our my, family um, listens to me of this. They'll be like, you're the worst. But anyway, it's gonna, again, it's going to sound really weird for a second. My mm-hmm. oldest brother lives in Hawaii and he was recently here. I don't have a great relationship with him. And for years, I hated him. Like I would say to people, oh, I hate my brother, like blah, blah, blah. And I had this weird moment of insight probably a week ago, maybe five or some days ago, where I was like thinking about and sort of meditating of, of, and this is like a family of origin wound. Again, this is the family I grew up in. I'm the youngest child. He's the oldest. Mm -hmm. There's, There's a history there. There's lots of different things happened in my childhood and whatever. And I remember standing upstairs in our bathroom of my house just like a week ago and asking myself, do I really hate him or do I hate how he made me feel as a kid? And we're not kids anymore. Could I change how I feel about him? And so I literally invited myself and my son to go have sushi with my mom and dad and my brother, which I know I knew they were going. And I'm like, I'm going to invite myself. Like, this sounds really weird. It's the last thing I would ever do. And then I topped it off with, I'm going to wear a necklace that he bought me when I was Again, think about this. I thought my brother hated me. Mm. And I'm like, the dude bought me a necklace and a bracelet when he visited Morocco. I guess he doesn't. I don't think he actually really hates me. I Mm -hmm. think I have a problem with how I see him. Mm. And so I went out to, yeah, I went out to dinner. And what's even crazier, listen to this. This was like, do I know this? Universe juice. Seems like you didn't tell me this. I didn't tell you this. So I was, I love Wayne. Do you know who Wayne Dyer is? Like the the author Wayne Dyer? uh I am obsessed with Wayne Dyer's work. And so I listen to his book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, like every once in a while when I have nothing else to listen to or when I'm feeling sad or whatever. So after I was like, okay, I'm going to invite myself to sushi with my kid. We're going to go. I'm going to wear my my necklace. I'm going to like honor this relationship that I have been taking an emotional crap on for the last 15 years. And then I played a random chapter of Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And literally the sentence that Wayne Dyer said was like, spend some time with a loved one that you've had a problem with and see if you can just love it. And I was like, what? Like the universe literally was like, boop, there it all is. Mm. And so when I think of healing family of origin wounds and how that relates to the holidays and how we can really change the way we look at these things and then change our life and how we show up for them. That was a perfect example of like my entire childhood. I've let my relationship to my brother paint how I treat him, Mm -hmm. how I talk about him what I talked to him, like how I talked to my mom and dad about him. And I realized that was something in me that needed to change, not him. Oh. And so that was yeah, really big. And I mm-hmm. think it applies to parents too, like the child parent role. As you become an adult, you look at the relationships you had with your parents and you think they did that and they were bad and they mm-hmm. whatever, when it's like, maybe your thoughts are what need to change and they did the best they could. Right. So that's- that concept, that's one of my favorite concepts to teach ever anywhere is just rewriting your story. I mean, because it's, it's your in relationship to any other human being that you're in relationship, whether it's family of origin, whether it's your current spouse, whether it's your children, rewriting those stories is one of the best ways 
to, to deepen any relationship or figure out where you want to be in a relationship is really to take a look, examine those thoughts that your brain is just on default handing you because they're there, right? If we can hide from them, we can stuff them. We can, you know, uh, uh, what's, uh, retail therapy, whatever we, you know, we can (laughs) shock them away from from the feeling, right? But the thoughts are there, right? And so what a powerful, powerful tool to be able to examine those thoughts, separate the thoughts from the facts, which is, which is absolutely right. The facts are, he got you a bracelet. Like he's your older brother. Like, you know, all these things, there are facts and there are thoughts. Mm -hmm. And what you did in that moment was you separated those facts from the thoughts and you recognize that those thoughts are all optional. The facts are the facts. The circumstances are the circumstances, but your thoughts around which drive your actions, which drive your results, which drive your relationship with others, they're all optional. We can Mm -hmm. choose to change those thoughts anytime we want. Absolutely. And we have complete control over that. And so tying this back to- It's the only thing we have complete control over. It is the only thing that we have complete control over. We have Wait, choice. That's we so have agency. Legit. Say that, like, make that a sentence. Like, make it a sentence. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> like, we'll it's the only thing. No, it. like. The thoughts we- that we have in any given circumstance are the only thing that we have 100% control over. So I always teach it like this. You have 100% control over the experience you're having in any given circumstance. So you can't go out there and change the circumstance. You can't change the weather, the economy. You can't change your family of origin. They're all who they are, right? Mm -hmm. But you have 100% control over your experience in any given circumstance. So you're not going to go out and change your family. You're not going to go out and change your husband. You're not going to go out and change your kids. But you can change your thoughts about your husband, your kids, your family of origin, anyone Mm -hmm. you want. And that is what controls your experience in that circumstance. Oh, that's so legit. Well, it's like the title, change your thoughts, change your mind. I know, but no, your life. So, uh, but also the, I love the quote that I think Wayne Dyer says, and other people say it too, is the. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. change. Yes. Yes. And that to Mm -hmm. me is just like so beautiful and amazing and Mm -hmm. helpful in this context of, you know, healing family of origin wounds and how do we identify them? And we talked about that and we talked about in separate episodes, like how do you identify family of origin wounds and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But really this idea that we, we aren't really taught how to own our thoughts and our behaviors and our like to own it in a, in a life-giving way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We, we tend yeah. to get really rigid. Like if we try to, oh, well, oh, I'm going to, like we kind of protect ourselves from whatever happened. And, but there's a very freeing way to own these things in a new energetic way. And like, again, a perfect example is when I went out to dinner with my brother, never in a million years would I have ever thought in the past, like I'm going to do this and I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wear a gift he bought me when I was like a teenager and I'm going to tell him I wore it. I'm going to show it like I'm honoring you. Mm-hmm. Like I honored somebody that I have been a shithead to. Forgive the French. <laughs> Pardon my French. Is that how you say it in French? Yeah. But uh, I was choosing to step into that in a totally different way, mm-hmm. energetically, uh, relationally, 
And that takes some serious balls. I'm going to so say a lot of <laughs> you inappropriate things. You, me. I mean, the title, the, the, the subject is healing family of origin wounds, right? And right. oftentimes we go, they hurt me. Right. They should heal it. They mm-hmm. should be responsible, blah, 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 right? And oftentimes, especially from family of origin stuff, which happened 5, 10, 20, 30 years ago, the other person is walking around going, I have no idea. I haven't thought of right. this stuff that it impacted you. I'm not dismissing it or like being rude about it, but I have no idea what you're thinking in your right. head. So what you're saying is, and what you said too, Monica, this all ties around. It's an, a, a, a string theory like <laughs> concept here. You are in control of healing family of origin wounds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you can do that in, in tons of empowering ways. And here's the other caveat to our listeners. Sometimes the other people aren't going to respond like you wanted or right. expected them to. Oh, and that's a your yeah. brother could just have been a jerk, like oh that thing that's hideous. Right, he didn't. And that would have. I know. I mean, yeah, but so your healing, our healing, is not contingent upon what other people do or don't right. do. Now that is real power, right. and that's like one of the hardest things right. you can do. Right. There's two things I want to say about that. The first thing is I just said my brother didn't care. He may have cared greatly, but doesn't have the vocabulary to share it. Right. Just like I didn't have the vocabulary to communicate that. Mm-hmm. So I want to be really clear that. You may try to heal these things and talk to someone, which whatever, you don't even have to talk to them mm-hmm. about it, but that may happen where they don't react in a way that you want them to. That does not mean they don't care. Mm-hmm. Like in my family of origin, I don't, I lack the communicative skills. Like we lack the language within our family unit to do that well. The second thing You're I want to say, I'm a robot. That's right. I'm a <laughs> robot. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is, um, this is going to sound weird. And I know that I talked about doing two episodes. We're, we're, this one's too good. We're not going to do two. We'll have you on a different time to do that. Sounds great. <laughs> but uh, the other thing I was going to say is this analogy came to my head when you were talking about family of origin wounds and all that stuff. I, and, and you sort of brought up with something you said as well. I don't like flying and it's scary to me. And, but I have learned that like change the way you look at things and the things you look at change energy. So when I fly, I feel turbulence. Normally I would be like, this is so scary. It's the worst. But now I'm like, this is part of the process. I'm totally fine. I'm not dead yet. I'll be happy. Right. But what's funny is think about getting off of an airplane again, Mm -hmm. mom, I hope you're not listening. If my mom gets off of an airplane, she's going to tell me all the bad things about that turbulence. Right. If you get off of an airplane, you're going to tell me how great the flight was and the movie you watched. And the same experience is neutral. Mm -hmm. Yes. Flight was neutral. It's only what you think about it that you, what the experience you had was the experience you created of it, right? Yeah. So the flight was neutral, <laughs> but the energy you brought into what you believe that experience your meant experience. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is, is completely dependent upon you and you're the creator of it. Yeah. Um, and a yeah. perfect example too, is I had a friend who loves flying. She's like, it's the best freeing feeling ever. Who's this? Fancy is actually her name. Oh. But when Fancy said that, I was like, are you kidding me? And then it transformed, it helped me change how I saw it. Cause mm-hmm. I was looking at it through the lens of this is the worst. It's a nightmare. We're all burning and dying. Like it's <laughs> the terrible. And she's like, I love it. So it's, it's a very cool and poignant way of mm-hmm. talking about how, when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. Right. Yes. So I would love to talk about like from family of origin perspective and holidays, how it kind of puts it in a cooker pressure, cooker pressure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> pressure <laughs> cooker. And on top of that COVID things. What yeah. family of origin stuff do we see coming up as coaches and stuff like that 
that we could really address to help our audience mm -hmm. even more. Yeah, there's really so much. And I like to give people really like practical things that they can just go do. Like, I love to talk about ideas, but I also love to just talk about like practicalities of things. Mm -hmm. And so one of my, I teach three laws, but the third law, and I think it applies the most in here. We just talked about the second law, which is in any given circumstance, you are hundred percent control of your experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And the third law that applies to family origin and, and when you're going to Thanksgiving dinners and all of these things, right. Is that everybody in your world, their, their, um, responsibility is to be a hundred percent themselves. So like, if you go into it, looking at like the, the, where people get into the most trouble is when they think that it's their responsibility to change somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have the most turmoil in our relationships. But if we will just view other people, like your job is to show up the way you show up. Right. And Beatrice, who is always like super rude and says the most inappropriate things at Thanksgiving dinner makes everybody feel like crap. That's her job to show up as Aunt Beatrice. Like mm -hmm. that's her only responsibility. My husband's only responsibility is to be 100% himself. And my two-year-old who I don't have any anymore, but their responsibility is to run around and disrupt Thanksgiving dinner. That's their only responsibility, right? And the only place I get into trouble is when I think that I can change the way another person shows up. I cannot. Mm -hmm. And so if we will go into our our holidays, our Thanksgiving dinners and recognize that everyone's job is to show up 100% themselves. And the only thing I can control in all of this chaos is myself. Mm -hmm. Then I can start to relate to them in such a better way. That is <laughs> I can so just, good. I can just realize that they're just doing their job. She's just being Aunt Beatrice. My two-year-old's just being the two-year-old. My husband's just being his husband. How do I want to show up? Because that's really the only thing that I have any control mm -hmm. over. How I do I want to respond when Aunt Beatrice says the things that Aunt Beatrice says? How do I want to respond when my two-year-old does the things that my two-year-old does? And how do I want to respond when my husband, who even though we've had our discussions before we showed up at Thanksgiving dinner, right? And we talked about how we feel about Aunt Beatrice and how we feel about the two-year-old and how we feel about all the things that are about to happen. He still is just going to show up exactly like himself. So mm -hmm. how do I want to show up now? That right. is so cool. That is really good. And that doesn't mean, so it, it's like, it's You're almost like a, than us. Yeah, no, it, it's almost like a, <laughs> di a dichotomy. Um, oh, okay. That is Aunt Beatrice's job, I right? I love that, yeah. So I accept that that's who she is, right? I have, it's not in my hand. I'm not trying to hold on to it. I'm not trying to manipulate, like, it. manipulate it or guide that river or anything. Yeah. I accept that, right? And then I also do not accept so this is where we get into boundaries, boundaries. which we yes. have control. Okay. Very good. Hey, 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 Aunt Beatrice, when you use that language around my son or, you know, our kids or you're demeaning my husband like that, that's time for us to leave. So that's, that's what I'm controlling, right? Yeah. You do you. That's how you decided you wanted to show up in that, mm -hmm. in that space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like accepting and then having those boundaries and then accepting your own boundaries and accepting what you can do and what you can't do, right? right? Like that one saying, sometimes the thing we most 
are holding on to the tightest is exactly the thing that we need to let right, go of, right. you know, mm-hmm. where there's metaphorically like a ledge and then you drop two feet and you're like, oh, you're on solid ground, but it's foggy. So you can't see the ground kind of thing. Or if it's some sort of emotional wound or whatever, but let go of that, accept it, and then create your own healthy boundaries around that. Mm-hmm. And if Aunt Beatrice is mad, then she's supposed to get mad because that's who she is kind of thing. Right. I can't control if she's weird. Do you think that was going to change? No, that's right. Aunt this job. That's what yeah, she's no, that's funny. Do. Well, and one of the things I love doing with clients, which is always, it's like tricky. Like you're, you're pushing real, real deep buttons here, but mm-hmm. in moments like that, where, where one person has a problem with another person, you ask them, where is this actual problem? Like point to it. Where's the problem? Mm-hmm. Like, is it over there in the corner by the Turkey? Like where, where's the problem? The in the and then they realize, Oh, the problem is only in my head. I'm mm-hmm. pretending like everyone has this problem. I'm pretending that the whole world sees this problem. Like that the turbulence on the plane applies to all humans in the same way. And it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Some people don't care about turbulence. Some people enjoy it. I know our kids thought it was the greatest thing when they were little, they would be happy when we would hit turbulence. And I'm like weeping in the corner and they're celebrating, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very interesting practice and does make people super mad. When you start going, where's the actual problem? It tends to always be in our thoughts and in our mind, the way we have interpreted a situation, the way we believe that Aunt Beatrice should behave is mm-hmm. more of a problem than her actual behavior. And how can we show up differently for that? And now, again, there, it's important to say, yes, there are boundaries and we shouldn't just accept all behavior like, yeah, call me an idiot all the time and mm-hmm. say that my kids are terrible or whatever. Um, so how do we address that? Like, what's a really yeah. practical thing that we can do around boundary setting? So really practical boundary setting, like really practical, because we don't have time to just dive into all of it, right? right? When you set boundaries, there is a right way and a wrong way to set a boundary. If you're setting a boundary because you want to change the outcome for somebody else, then you have set that boundary incorrectly, right? The boundary is for you. The boundary, again, is assuming that everyone's showing up the way they want to show up, right? Aunt Beatrice is going to say the thing that's going to piss you off, right? That's Mm -hmm. that's going to happen, right? Now, when we set our boundary, is the intention of that boundary to make Aunt Beatrice not say the thing, to make Aunt Beatrice feel bad about the thing, to make Aunt Beatrice, like, apologize for saying the thing, right? Is that the intention of our boundary? Because if so, that is not a well-made boundary. Mm-hmm. The boundary is to inform the way we are going to show up when Aunt Beatrice says the thing, because Aunt Beatrice is going to say the thing no matter what. But our boundary is for how are we going to respond to the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if we feel um, you know, justified in ourselves to, to say to Aunt Beatrice, hey, that thing that you just said really upset me. Or, or, or is the boundary to when Aunt Beatrice says the thing, I politely excuse myself and go do this, right? The boundary is to inform how I'm going to show up in the situation, no matter what Aunt Beatrice mm-hmm. does. And the boundary cannot be enforced onto Aunt Beatrice. The, the, the boundary is not going to change or affect the way Aunt Beatrice shows up, only the way I'm showing up. And right. so that is ineffective versus effective ways to set boundaries. Yeah. That's and great. a lot of that is really good. A lot of people set boundaries and think that it's going to have some sort of punitive effect. Like, yeah. hey, well, if you do this, then I'm then doing I this do to 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 punish you or to make you learn a lesson or, or whatnot. And uh, that is so easy to fall into. 
But really what the thing is, is, hey, okay, I've accepted how whatever is going to show up or not show up. And I can tell them, hey, based off of last year, you know, we're, let's all do us, whatever. However, if things get crazy, and this is maybe like from a spouse kind of thing, and if you drink 100 beers, just know the boundary for me right. is I am not going to participate mm-hmm. in that. And right. I... I will leave. Right. Right. And it's again, right. it's not like the boundary is for your benefit, Seth, not for hers. Right. So she's right. going to drink a hundred beers, whatever, mm-hmm. but you've set that boundary for your benefit, not for her. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And the kids benefit or like, Hey dad, I know, you know, we've had a thing in the past or whatnot, but I, I, so I'm setting the intention to, um, you know, I want this to be the best as possible. And okay. If things get squirrely, well, hold on. I'm kind of rethinking what I'm even saying right now. Cause I don't want to like, well, let me, I have a thought about that. Uh, that was really funny. I have a thought. Like, I think a lot of us learn the concept of boundary setting with children. So mm-hmm. we, it is like a, it's like a punishment based. Don't, don't smack your sister. Yeah, you'll don't lose do that. You'll get a timeout. It's consequence yeah. based. Right. And yeah. I think what you're saying is like, in the when example, you're dealing with adults, you can't give adults consequences. Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people think they can. They can it's, experience the consequence based on the right. set boundary that you do. But that's like a periphery thing. It's right. not if this, then that. Well, so exactly. for example, like you said, the um, like the drinking 100 beers, like if I do that and you leave. 99 and, is okay. But you, if you hit 100, right. I'm out. And he told, but if you told me ahead of time, Hey, this is a loving boundary that I'm setting. I can't ha- like I as a person, I don't want that. I can't handle that. Even like I'm, I think that's an okay thing to say. Like I can't handle it. I'm mm-hmm. not doing that. Right. So I yeah. will leave if we hit that threshold. Mm-hmm. And then the the consequence in quotes is you leaving. Mm-hmm. But it, again, it wasn't like you're gonna smack me. You're gonna divorce me. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It's you leave. That's my consequences. Oh, my husband's gone. Right. Right. So in a way, that boundary repeated the the maintaining of that boundary repeated over time will will essentially teach but that's not even the goal it will show the person who is having the Mm -hmm. boundary sort of talked about Mm -hmm. too um that they're serious like that you're serious and me drinking 100 beers equals you being gone Mm -hmm. and then i will hopefully learn that but if i don't that's also not your responsibility to have taught me Right. right. That's the, yeah, that's the sticking point right there is that Seth's uh-huh. boundary of you can only drink 99 beers is for <laughs> Seth and the kids' benefits, right? right. So Seth, Seth sets the boundary for his benefit and for the kids' benefit. Then you have to decide whether that consequence is something that you can handle right. or not. Seth's mm-hmm. not giving you that consequence. Seth is setting that boundary for his benefit. Yes. And then he leaves. And then you are left with, can I handle this ongoing consequence of my right. behavior? Mm-hmm. And that Otis, that responsibility is on you, not on him to give to you. Right. I right. love that. And it does, it, li- it helps us to think the person who is having the boundary sort of given to them or whatever, mm-hmm. it begins to give us the opportunity to think more complexly about the outcome of our actions. Right. Right. If I drink 100 beers, he's gone. Hmm. Maybe I should think about that. Right. right. Like it's it important. It also gives you choice. Yes. Yeah. It's free will. Yes. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, Hey, peace out. If you right. even, you know, look at a, whatever you do something weird, like you have the choice. Right. You have the choice. Right. And one choice equals deeper relationship mm-hmm. with me, yes. your spouse. Mm-hmm. One choice equals, Oh, Dis- it's going to be distance. more, more distance and right. more fraction kind of right. thing. Right. And I think it's important because that 
that consequence lives within the experience with how they show up. And that's, mm-hmm. that's in nature, yeah. right? Like it's all, I don't know. I have lots of thoughts about that, but one thing I but did want to say. talking about an interpersonal relationship like that, him communicating right. that boundary to you is really important, right? Yes. So like he sets the boundary for his benefit. He communicates it to you for your benefit. Now you mm-hmm. have the choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Are you going to cross that boundary or are you not? Right. It doesn't matter to him. Because he set that boundary for his benefit and he communicated it to you for your benefit. Now you choose. Right. So good. And so that that's a really kind of targeted example that illustrates, oh, I've thought about this pre-Thanksgiving mm. dinner or yes. whatever. Right. And a right. lot of things don't happen that way, mm-hmm. right? And I, this this is the weirdest analogy. But one time in high school, I was at this crazy party and the dad came home like super drunk. Everybody was drinking. And for, it was like 1 a.m. in the morning. And like he got a shotgun and started going outside and shooting it like into the woods. And I was like, he grew up in the South. It's in the South. It's just abnormal, I guess. But I mean, right now they'd be like in a suburb. Sure. But it was in like way in the woods kind of thing. And I was like, peace out. And I, I didn't even say anything. I just left. I was like, I knew this is a, a bad situation right. that could go even worse. Sure. So I didn't think about Hmm, okay, if the dad comes home, he's going to get a shotgun, he's going to start shooting. What am I going to do? Am I going to talk to him first? No, all this stuff, right? So a lot of these things aren't planned, but I want people to be empowered and understand that they do have a choice. If there is a line that maybe you haven't talked about right. in your relationship before, but something that, and it doesn't have to be egregious or anything, just like, ah, that didn't sit right with me. Right. I'm going to talk about it and not be weird and like punitive about it, but you can really draw distinct boundaries in that saying, okay, peace out. I'm going this right. way. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think something important to note is that as people talk about this stuff, this is just something we've seen with clients. I'm going to guess you probably have seen it as well. And I would love for you to talk on it. This idea that when people learn something about themselves or a way to show up differently for a relationship, they tend to want to announce it. <laughs> And then like yeah. make other people do it. Oh, and man. that's the worst. And we've all been there. I've done it, right? But the thing that I want to really focus on here and how it applies to family of origin and, and just familial relationships is that just because you're learning about how boundaries work does not mean anyone else gives two craps. They don't. They might not. Someone might care, but someone might not. So do not go to your Thanksgiving party and say, Mom, I'm so uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you how I feel about this. And here's my boundary. Like, that's oh, not the vibe. And that people will... do that about diets. Like you're eating macaroni and cheese. Do you know what that does to your body? <laughs> do you know anything about macronutrients and the microbiome? Right. Like, yeah, so don't get on like... your high horse and be all weird and be like, oh, Seth thinks he's great and right. fancy because he read a yeah. book about something. That's one of, yeah. the, I think one of the hardest things is people we tend to want to share. We want to like rope people into our thoughts and stuff. That's great. But when it comes to an interpersonal relationship, creating new boundaries, creating new ways of thinking about them, do not mm-hmm. do that. So have you experienced that same vibe? Well, totally. I think that kind of goes back to setting setting your boundaries for your own benefit, right? Like, like a lot of us will be like, we learn this new thing or we're like, okay, I'm going to boundary myself in all these different ways, right? And then we we go with the intention of convincing everybody else that that's a good idea. But it's like, then again, you've, you've seeped into that. I'm setting this boundary for the wrong reason. This boundary is for me. It's not for anybody else's benefit. It will benefit our relationship. Ultimately, when I hold on to this boundary and because I'm honoring myself and I'm showing up from a place of empowerment, right. But it doesn't make it any more true if everybody else agrees. 
Mm-hmm. So you just kind of have to be comfortable in that knowledge and understand that, like, I've set this boundary. It's true for me. I'm honoring myself. And so it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks about any, like, I don't, it doesn't make my boundary more uh, true or effective if everybody else jumps on board, if right. I've set the boundary for my benefit. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't lessen it either. Right. Like, oh, well, maybe I'm wrong because everybody else isn't on the same page as I am or whatnot. It reminds me again, I grew up in the South, like Bible Belt stuff. It reminds me of the dudes on street corners, like with, with giant me- megaphones and like, I'm okay. Like you're, you're, I don't, it's just, don't for, make your journey. Everyone's journey. Right, right. Right. It's like that. I don't know. That's not this like, Hey, let me get a hammer and just beat your brains yeah, out. Right. So you can know this thing, whatever right. that thing yeah. is typically not effective. Right. Yeah. And I think what's it, a good sort of reflection back, if you're wondering if you do this, see how angry you get when people don't care about the boundaries that you're trying to set. <laughs> like, take a minute and be like, I mean, here's a funny example. But I remember when I when we first got married, and he would, he's older than I am. And he grew up in the South, totally different culture. And I remember just being like, so angry that he would go out with his friends and they would like cuss and drink and smoke cigarettes. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, (laughs) as if everyone knows those are just worst things in the world. Mm -hmm. And it was really just a reflection of my, like, I have a boundary. I don't like those things. I don't like smoking. I don't like drinking in excess. But what, it doesn't matter. He can. What, what, what's my problem? But you name like really kind of problematic addictive behaviors but that can really say, go like yeah, sideways I will kind say of thing. that yeah. this was his version of it was very minimal like he wasn't like coming home drunk I mean it was it was I yeah, was just hypersensitive yeah. to it and so again when you set it's just I think a, a moment of reflection your visceral response to these things tells you something so yeah. listen to it what and is that it goes telling back you? to that yeah that goes back to that practice that is really important and I think that I I, I think that your listeners like it would be really um beneficial to really sit down and do this before Thanksgiving dinner, before, you know, anything is to sit down and really examine the situation. So in that case, that situation where, you know, he was going out and drinking. Now you write it down, what, just write down everything you think about that situation, right? So that's happening. You're frustrated. You're like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. And I hate it. And what, write down, just do a thought download and then separate the thoughts from the facts, the facts that he's leaving, the fact that he's with some friends, the facts is that he's eventually going to come back, right? What are your thoughts though? The facts are the facts, but the thoughts are hundred percent optional. So now you can look at those thoughts and go, are these thoughts actually serving me? When I sit here and think that he's doing the worst thing in the whole wide world and it's going to cost us our family. And those are all thoughts. And now you look at those thoughts and you go, does that thought serve me? Does that thought make me show up in this situation the way I want to show up in this situation? Mm -hmm. And if your answer is to either of those, no, then recognize that you have the opportunity to change that thought at any point. It is optional to Mm -hmm. a thought that serves you better. A thought that serves you better could be, okay, I actually don't love it when he goes out like that. It makes my, it makes me go into all of these other thoughts. But again, at any point when you're ready to let go of those thoughts, you can change those for more um, productive, more thoughts that serve you better. And that is where coaching comes into play so well, because a lot of times we have a hard time as humans looking at our thoughts and recognizing 
This thought is absolutely optional and it's wreaking a lot of havoc in my life, marriage, or business. Now I have the opportunity to change that thought. So if I can do it on my own, that's fantastic. But if not, sometimes it's really helpful to seek outside help from somebody who is not so close to that thought mm-hmm. that can help you change it into a thought that is more effective and more, um, ah, like is serving you better, in a right. better way, helping you right. show up in your life in a way that is much that's going to yield you the results you're looking for. Right. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. So well said. And I, so I want to respect your time. I want you to share with our listeners where they can find out more about you and the work that you do. Um, and basically, I also want to say, I wish we were friends in real life and lived. We close, are friends in real life. Awesome. Like <laughs> your vibe is I'm so good. Help you redirect that thought right I now. Know. We are totally <laughs> friends. <laughs> and, and this is real. It's this like, is okay, real. This, this is the is metaverse, real. right? That's this so true. Is, yeah. Anyway, so tell, tell our friends where they can find more about you. Absolutely. So you can find uh, everything about me is on my website, www.onthebrightersideofmarriage.com. Uh, I love to hang out on Instagram. I'm Monty Tanner one there. Um, and you can find information about my podcast, which is on the brighter side, marriage for entrepreneurs. Awesome. awesome. And love we it. definitely have to have you back. We, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the sex stuff that we talked about yeah. off of air. You're so awesome. Right. Thank you so much for your time. And what do you say? Yeah, thanks. Well, I like to ask this. What is bringing you joy right now? Like jazz. It can be anything from who knows what to whatever. Like just what <laughs> random stuff is like, yeah, I'm kind of tan. <laughs> yeah, my tan that looks super. I decided to wear a pink shirt and this lighting <laughs> in this room is, is like absolutely horrible. So um, that is not bringing me joy. But I... <laughs> I am looking forward to the holidays with a lot of anxious anticipation. I'm excited. So my 18 year old, this is like, I'm kind of stuck in this loop of this is our last Thanksgiving with him at home. This is my last Christmas with him at home. This is going to be our last Mm -hmm. spring break. And then he's going to leave me. And so I'm really finding joy in the opportunity for, for having my family together and close. And, and it's, there's a lot of changing changes coming up here. And so I'm just really enjoying getting to know my, my teenagers as teenagers. And eventually I'll get to know them as adults. And I I don't know, I'm just kind of in that loop of like, everything's changing so rapidly, but I'm just Mm -hmm. loving the moment that we're in. So. Oh, that's beautiful. That is so good. Thank you again so much for your time. Uh, People listening right now, go check out Monica Tanner's work, all of the websites, all that jazz. And you are awesome. We will have you on again. Thank you you so much. All right. right. Talk to you later. Bye.